Welcome to the Social Housing Podcast from Voicescape, the only podcast dedicated to helping social landlords build sustainable tenancies. During this series of podcasts, we'll be speaking to leaders from the social housing sector and beyond, hopefully challenging the status quo a little bit, and also stimulating discussion around how technology can be better utilised to help build sustainable tenancies. I'm your host, John Doyle, the Chief Exec and Founder of Voicegate. The skill shortage for us is is making sure that we almost um, protect ourselves long term from that. And and the way we are looking at that is looking at growing our own talent um, through our apprenticeship schemes. Thought um, a long time ago that apprentices were the way forward for property care and across our platform business. Our our focus is on obviously really sort of taking people straight out of college or learners that want to change uh, their careers into the construction industry or the maintenance industry and giving them the support to come through our organization learn the ropes and you mentioned behaviors behaviors is absolutely key sometimes you, you cannot build some of the behaviors and so growing our own talent within our business is absolutely key because what we get out the back of that is a really good quality person that delivers exactly what we need and has got all the behaviours in line with our business. So um, to hold on to them and move them from a, a college through into um, our, our business is absolutely key. Welcome to the Social Housing Podcast. I'm Lewis Murray and today I'm joined by Mark Mayle, Director of Operations at Platform Property Care. In this episode, we'll be talking about how Platform are gearing themselves up to provide a top tier service for their customers in a post pandemic era. So without further ado, here's Mark Mayo. Hi Mark, welcome to the Social Housing Podcast. Uh, great to have you uh, on the episode today. As you might know, we've uh, recently done uh, a podcast with your colleague Garant Oakley. That was uh, quite a wide ranging discussion around current state of the market, national housing crisis, factors holding the sector back. And I am aware of your target plans at Platform to to build properties, do retrofitting, EPC standards, and, and this move towards sustainability, use of modern, modern methods of construction. Um, so there is a lot that we'd like to talk about. But before we get into all of that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your role and your objectives at Platform? Yeah. Hi, Lewis. Um, my name is Mark Mail. I'm Operations Director at Platform Property Care. And if you don't know what Platform Property Care is, it, it's an internal delivery team uh, delivering services directly to our group, which is Platform Housing Group. So we cover things like responsive repairs, voids, gas servicing, gas installation and compliance works, uh, program works as well, uh, kitchen bathroom replacements and EICR works. Uh, to check the electrical compliance of properties as well. We also carry out grounds maintenance and we're just moving into looking at estate management. So doing the cleaning and clearances and management of our communal areas across our scope of business. Um, we've got about 45,000 properties across the West, the Midlands basically. So we stretch from sort of the Welsh borders all the way over to the lovely Skegness in Lincolnshire coast. And we've got just over 450 uh, members of our team. 
Great, thank you for that. I'm sure a great place for us to start really is um, some of some of the more immediate challenges currently facing the sector. And I think the first place we, we wanted to to touch on here was sort of post pandemic. So just understanding the, the current state of the market uh, emerging from the pandemic, dealing with backlogs of repairs, backlogs of voids, and, and a lot of these challenges, they're not going to be unique to platform by any means. So just can you tell us a little bit more about what those current challenges are and, and how you're looking to address those? Yeah, it's, it has been a very interesting 18 months. Um, obviously, the pandemic's affected uh, our sector greatly. And basically, our customer service and the services that we offer to our customers have been affected throughout that. Um, with transitions of workforce, um, where we've had to suspend some of our services just to enable us in, in line with the lockdown rulings. So, um, But one of the main things is it's obviously built up a backlog of repairs and voids across our business. As I said before, 45,000 properties does build up a backlog pretty quickly. And that's our main our main concerns at the moment is how do we clear those down and return our service to the best it can be, which is where we were used to be and delivering before the pandemic hit. One of the main things that we're looking at first is obviously communication and making sure our customers are aware of exactly what we're doing and making sure that we're setting their expectations right at the front end. Absolutely, our responsive repair service isn't where we wanted to be at the moment, uh, and we're having to deliver those those messages to the customers that they have to wait longer for repairs to be completed. Um, so c communication is absolutely key. We've updated our website and to make sure, and we're building it into our communications across the business. We're also just taking into account our colleagues because it's not just about our customers not receiving the right service, but our colleagues are taking a brunt of some of the customers who aren't receiving the, the, the right level of service. So um, so it's making sure as, a, as one team, it's part of our new behaviors and vision of the business is that we're, we're one team across platform and we all support each other. So it's making sure that everyone's got the right information to be able to deliver the right quality of message to our customer. So on the practical side, obviously, we've got a whole load of repairs and a whole load of void properties that we need to uh, need to turn around. And so we're doing that in a mixture of ways. We're looking at um, obviously bolstering our internal teams. So looking at recruitment and making sure that we get the best quality people in place. So we've just reviewed all our terms and conditions across our business to make sure that we're the package we're offering from a terms and conditions salary and all the attachments uh, that come with terms and conditions are the best they possibly can be to really attract the right quality of people and also retain the really great people that we've already got in the business. But we can't do that. That's probably more of a long-term view. Recruitment doesn't happen overnight. So we are working with some subcontractor partners as well. Uh, some of our existing subcontract partners, but some new ones as well, just to give us that uh, bolster of resource, just to sort of kill off some of the longer term um, repairs that we really need to sort of get done to enable customers to start living in their house without having to think, oh, I must, that must be done. So so there's a lot going on. We're also looking at um, how we review how customers and our offer in the first place um, uh, engage with us. So when a customer reports a repair into us, we're just looking at how that how that works, how to how to make that as efficient as possible, but also help customers make some of the decisions themselves by giving easy help videos on our website and um, sort of advice at front 
front end just to try and avoid that repair in the first place um, so customers can manage some of the some of the risks themselves so um, but as always our priority is our customer so if a customer absolutely needs something done there and then we will move heaven and earth to deliver that so emergency uh, emergency repairs for our organization have, have gone up greatly because we're escalating more into the emergency category purely just to resolve some of the urgent works that have to be done there and then so customers priority for us and making sure that the services but it's a it's a road to recovery for us it's not going to be solved overnight and we're delivering message to our customers three to four months um for until we can actually come out the the other end of it yeah absolutely and you mentioned there earlier recruitment was a big was a big thing that you're looking at at the minute so bolstering the team and i know that's a a significantly growing part of um of platform um but it's worth it's worth asking the question about the skills shortage which you know is not limited to your organization or even just the social housing sector for that matter it's it's a competitive marketplace for recruitment can can you talk us through the you know the picture of what you're dealing with in in that at the minute yeah, I, th- I think from a skill shortage, it's a UK-wide uh, issue. Lack of investment in apprenticeships and moving people and a lack of people moving into the sort of maintenance and construction side of the industry. I think at, the, at this present moment in time, we've got a really, really booming construction industry. We've got a lot of domestic construction going on. So people building um, extensions and doing their home improvements because they haven't been able to go to spend their money at the local restaurant or the pub. Um, so there's a lot of money out there where people are investing in in their own properties, but also uh, a lot of people working more at home and spending more time at home. So probably investing in that extra bit of space for their property uh, just to enable them to work there more um, comfortably. Alongside that, we've got the whole of our our sector catching up on a backlog of repairs. So um, from the perspective of that, there's a, it's a huge market out there, and uh, it's interesting when you when you look at just from an agency perspective, and I gauge this quite well. Is if we ever ask for agency support from an agency, we normally get three, four, five CVs straight back, and then we can pick from those. At the moment, we're getting lucky to get one, and sometimes that takes a, a couple of days to come through as well. So the market is there's a huge amount of work out there, and um, which is driving up um, the cost of labour and and very much there's a draw of London and as as with anything there's a draw of London which then draws every everyone closer to that epicenter so it it creates an area a really sort of volatile market for us of trying to attract the right people the skill shortage for us is is making sure that we almost um, protect ourselves long term from that and and the way we're looking at that is looking at growing our own talent um, through our apprenticeship schemes. Yeah, can you tell us a bit more about those apprenticeship schemes? Because that's a, a you know great method of, of of bringing in the right talent, um, nurturing the right talent, breeding the the right behaviours that suit social housing specifically. Um, so you get real specialists that come from that. So do you want to talk talk to us about what you're doing in that space and what you're doing with your apprentices? Yeah, we have a very successful apprentice program. We've thought. Um, a long time ago that apprentices was the way forward for property care and across our platform business. Um, so our, our focus is on obviously really sort of taking people straight out of college or learners that want to change uh, their careers into um, the construction industry or the maintenance industry and giving them the support 
to come through our organization, learn the ropes. And you mentioned behaviors. Behaviors is absolutely key. Sometimes you, you cannot build some of the behaviors. And so growing our own talent within our business is absolutely key because what we get out the back of that is a really good quality person that delivers exactly what we need and has got all the behaviors in line with our business. So um, to hold on to them and move them from a, a college through into um our business is absolutely key and working with the local colleges as well I mean one of the things that the housing sector's worked on is the PMO course which is the property maintenance optative course which sort of addresses some of those skill shortages it's it's rolling a whole load of different skill set into one course so it's not just carpentry or plumbing it's carpentry plumbing and a bit of electrical so it creates that multi-skilled person out of the back of it which is really useful for us because our efficiency is about sending one person to get the job right first time. And ultimately, if you've got a really good multi-skilled person that can pick up all those entities of that job without having to send another person there, it's better for us, more efficient for us as a business, but also better for the customer because they get that job done there right and right first time with one person. So that's the key. Apprenticeships is absolutely key. As a business, we're focused on um, for every million pounds of turnover, we're looking at um, having an apprentice and we're at about 43 at the moment. So we're by, just below our target at the moment, but absolutely apprentices. And and also, I think it's great for our existing workforce to be able to shed, share their knowledge and skills um, to new people. And, and we... Every time we have a, a apprentice intake, and we we take an apprentice intake every year, and even in the pandemic year, we took an apprentice intake, and a lot of other organisations didn't because we really valued it, and we thought it was a negative process for us, and and it would have held us back in our desires going forward if we didn't recruit in that year. And the mentors have really sort of taken to our apprentices, and really sort of take pride in making sure that they're starting. Um, the careers of those apprentices off in the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And I was thinking there, it sounds like a great a great opportunity for, for someone who's you know, fresh out of college, fresh out of high school, someone who's looking to change um, change their job. I'm not asking you to sell it necessarily, but um, what, what sort of things could an apprentice sort of, you know, look forward to getting from, from an apprenticeship with, um, with platform? I think from an apprentice perspective is some really good quality training. I think a lot of the life skills that you wouldn't get through from a um, going to a college uh, or going to university and, and finding out that way. And the really practical. And, and I think one of the things from apprenticeship perspective is is very much it's learning through doing it. And 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 that is really key for some some learners because some people can take it from a page and read it in a book and and pick those things up but some people have to physically feel and do it to really sort of take that uh, take their the skills on board so i think from an apprentice perspective it we would offer from a platform perspective a great career great training a really good work workplace um engagement and as an organization, we really support our apprentices to, and, and we really take pride in starting them off on their career. And we, we take that with absolute, uh, how, would I, how would I put it? It's absolutely key to us. And we're passionate about making sure that we set our, the, our apprentices off on the right, right track. But obviously what we want to do and absolutely the Shangri-La of any apprenticeship is 
that we train them, they move through the apprenticeship and they join our permanent workforce and then yeah, progress, and progress through the business. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was kind of coming on to my next question around that because um, is, is there a difference you find in terms of people who have joined platform as an apprentice? Do they, do they tend to stay with you longer? Um, and is, is there a greater level of retention with those apprentices? Um, and, and, you know, how, how do you use those apprentices, apprentices uh, to sort of build your short, long-term plans? Yeah, so we use the apprentices to obviously from a spoke, we, we do a whole load of workforce profiling and, and what we can see is, right, we're going to need, we have five-year plans and longer plans to look at what we're going to need in the future. So we design our apprenticeship programs about around that. So uh, very much over the last couple of years, we've been using, looking at the PMO, the property maintenance operative, because that has absolutely driven the most um, impact on our business going forward. So um, it will really drive our responsive services, but also we invest in gas, gas maintenance operatives, uh, electrical offices and things and people like that. But we've got apprentices that move through our business. They know our business, love our business. They're an integral part of our business and then they want to stay and then move into management, management positions. So we've got some of our managers that came from our original apprenticeship scheme uh, back in the day and now they're service managers and operations managers in our business. Which is great because I think if you look at most of the, the roles in housing, uh, I think most of the people that I speak to, customers or, or just people from the sector, they tend to have been in the sector since they left school, whether that's yeah. in income, in you know finance, in H, anything, anything related to housing. Once people go into housing, they stay in housing. So it's fantastic to hear that that also happens um, for, for you and your apprentices and, and yeah. those coming into platforms. So that's good. It's nice It's nice to see that happening across different parts. Yeah. And I think from an apprentice perspective, within the platform group, we've got a lot of opportunities across the thing. So the growth is you don't necessarily have to stay in one part of the business. We've got lots of facets of our own business, lots of different areas that people can grow into and work into. And, and we would always support people's growth and development across our business so apprentices is the start but obviously it's investing in our existing teams and making sure that they are delivering the best they can be and be the being the best that they can be another thing that i picked up on that, that you mentioned earlier is um is, is kind of having multi-skilled tradespeople in your team so looking at sort of ways that you you find efficiencies within within the team within you know around delivering your service there's the impression that there are a number of forces currently in play in post-pandemic Britain that could hinder your ability to deliver services and strategic plans. From a technological point of view, what are you doing to, to find other efficiencies in your processes and teams to help them uh, resolve some of those challenges and pressures? You know, one of them that's, that, that I think we talked about previously, Mark, is you know materials shortage. And then there's, there's a bit of a bun fight, isn't there, over over trying to get materials from suppliers. So if there's anything that you can talk to us about with regards to that, that'd be great. Yeah, so for material sources, I mean, we've got some we've got some very good long-term relationships with uh, suppliers across our group, which are really supportive. And we, and we touch base with them regularly to make sure that we are keeping abreast of any material shortages across the business. We have long-term deals with our suppliers. And so we create that real that real ownership and partnership working 
with our suppliers. We don't just see them as a supplier just giving us those things. It's actually how can we, how can they improve our business, but how can we improve their business as well? And I think that collaborative working really works well with us. That said, if you can't get the materials, you can't get the materials. And we do, we are having those impacts across our business where probably more that costs are going up rather than um, that we physically can't get things. But things like roof tiling, cement-based products, timber is, is being, has been a bit interesting over a while. But also anything that relates to it, it's even affected our our fleets recently, which is starting to, the net, the latest one from our fleet supplier is that, that we, you can't get the microchips for the vehicles to go in the vehicles to for them to deliver the vehicles. So, so I think, and that and Brexit, um, there's a lot of challenges coming on, and I think for the in the next 18 months we're going to be experiencing this. It's not going to be something that solves overnight, but I think it will settle down over a period of time. I mean, one of the things that we need to do is obviously look at how we specify our properties. What can we look at to try and mitigate some of those shortages and and deliver it in a slightly different way? Um, you talked about multi-skilling, but technology from our perspective is how do we how do we empower our frontline teams to make the right decision for our customer um, without the technology getting in the way. So we obviously use um, scheduling solutions and electronic application of work through our TM device. But uh, what what the key thing for us is how do we make sure that the, t- the member of um, the member delivering the work because we're a people to people business, our people deliver directly to our customers and we want to make sure that 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 relationship is as strong as it possibly can be. And technology can support that, but it also can almost take some of the ownership uh, away from from people, especially when you're in the responsive repairs world where basically it's one repair and then it just says, here's another one, here's another one, here's another one. It's how you connect back into that customer, but also make make our, our teams delivering our frontline services really take ownership of that repair and I think and and they do on a day-to-day basis we just want to make sure that the technology doesn't get in the way so we're looking at things like um, video calling and things like that video um, is a key one for us is so we can actually see the repair issue before we even get there so we can better diagnose the repair and so we can turn up at that first visit and say right here's this item and we and we carry out it right first time so and as as from our, from all our business, we measure the success of a business by customer effort and colleague effort. So customer effort, if they have to put a, a call back into us, we probably have failed. So we need to make sure that we are keeping customers informed, but also reducing the effort they have in putting into it to accessing our services. And the same for our colleagues is making something as simple as it possibly can do, uh, can be, and allowing people to have space to make their own decisions is absolutely key for us going forward. So trying to retain the the ownership of that customer engagement at your side so that the customer is engaged, the customer is informed, the customer is, is fully aware without that necessarily impeding on your staff's capacity to, to deliver work and to deliver services. So yeah. essentially sort of putting the customers at the heart of things and making sure yeah. that they don't have to, they're not being asked to do anything that's, that's that's cumbersome or inconvenient to them. 
Absolutely, and 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 it sounds a bit twee sometimes, but where we where we talk about putting the customer at the heart of things, but we absolutely do. Um, we're a one product business, so we have housing, we deliver housing, and provide housing to to people in the most need, and and that is our product. But we are a people to people business because. It might be, there might be a one product, but there's a whole load of people that live in those properties and we need to support those. And, and that is our connection. That's our relationship. And, and our frontline teams are the face of our business and we live and die by that face. One other point that I wanted to, to touch on that, that we've, we've spoken about previously, Mark, is that, um, and I think it's come across already today, that Platform are passionate about delivering the best service and properties for customers. Now, delivering that top tier level of service, that top tier property, you know, that that top tier product, if you will, that needs a lot of investment across the board, uh, including the team as we've talked about, uh, the the properties themselves, everything that goes into one of those properties, boilers, you know, all, all the plumbing, electrical works, all that kind of thing. So, in terms of investment work. What's the platform approach to delivering the most value to customers? I think from the main thing from customers is that that we want we want that that the home that we provide to them to be the best it possibly can be, um, but also that our customers aren't being impacted by fuel poverty and the property is as efficient as it can be, just to en- enable them to live there easily. Um, I think. From our investment strategy, we obviously build a, a huge amount of new homes. We work with Homes England and we get grant funding for that. But also our main income is obviously through rent from our customers alone. And our, our job is to invest that rent wisely in our products to improve customers' homes going forward and their lives. So um, the our strategy is obviously uh, looking at how we can invest in the right way to obviously make sure that the, we we manage the green agenda of efficiency and making sure that uh, we're reducing carbon footprints of our properties, but also just to make sure that it's a comfortable place and a nice place to live. So we have uh, large programs across our business looking at kitchen bathroom replacements, uh, EWI, which is um, external wall insulation. So it's all, all about improving the thermal comfort of the property. Um, looking at um, how our boilers and heating systems work. So it's that transition from gas into hydrogen into district heating systems where we we have a, a heating system in one place and it supports our whole building. We've got a, um, um, a building in Leicester, um, De Montford House, that we're working with E.ON at the moment on uh, providing those sort of systems and so providing a really good affordable warmth and power to those customers that actually where they were spending a lot more money in the past so we see we see us not just about maintaining the property that we own but also supporting the customers that live in our properties and making sure that they have the best possible outcome of and maximizing their income and how they use that. And so they're not spending it all on our homes, but it's, there's a, a lot of work to be done. And we, we have large scale programs and we've increased our program uh, budgets recently just to start investing that because one of the long-term things for us is if we invest in 
kitchens and bathrooms and electrical wiring and 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 making sure that they are as good as they possibly can be it reduces other costs in our business like responsive repairs so we're not going out and repairing those things all the time because they are at a good quality and at a level and an age that um, doesn't require the level of maintenance that we 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 would put in in more older properties but um i think one of the key things is is that we want to be proud of our properties we want to as and one of the mantras from our voids and we're reviewing our void lettable standard at the moment is that when we close that door in readiness for the customer to move in we want to feel proud of the product that we've delivered and so the customer has got the best possible start for their new life in that home so it's a that that proactive approach to building maintenance has a has a win-win-win customer Absolutely. wins because they've got a home that they can be proud of commercially there's a win because you're not doing as much remedial work sending engineers out to do smaller jobs and then there's a there's a staff satisfaction win so that the staff who deliver those homes across I mean, and i would assume that that's across the whole organization people who deal with Absolutely. you know income housing officers anybody who goes out to those properties and, and engages with customers on that face-to-face basis is going to feel really proud that that they work for an organization that has that 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 customer centric we should deliver a great product approach so yeah, yeah I, I can see all the advantages there one last thing that we wanted to to cover here is that uh, there's a really interesting partnership that you currently have in place um, with with rooftop um, it's a really interesting model of how you're delivering services and identifying uh, in, in, you know, efficiencies and economies of scale for, for both organizations. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about and what advantages there are to that level of collaboration? Sure. And I, I think historically we've we've offered services outside of our own organization to other housing associations. And and historically they, they were more on a um, sort of contract basis. Um, the cost-sharing group that we're in now with Rooftop is is about absolutely that, sharing the cost of the service. So what we provide to Rooftop is repairs and maintenance, voids, gas servicing, planned program works at cost. So what it costs us to deliver, that's what we charge Rooftop. And so the, the people in that thing is, that's madness because why would you do that? Because you're not going to make any profit out of that. But the benefit for us as an organization is as part of that cost, we've got overhead. So there's overhead in our business. And what we can do is spread our overhead over the CS, CS um, the cost sharing group, which actually reduces our business overhead because we're spreading it over some of rooftops. So rooftop are paying some of our overheads. And that's the, that's the benefit of of, of delivering it but also the benefit to the customers and benefit to the services when you work in a cost sharing group that actually it comes more about costs and actually both organizations working together in partnership to decide and changing each part of their own business to make it as efficient as possible and and it will be about reducing that cost but not a race to the bottom it'll be reducing cost and adding value where we where we need to so so the benefit of the business is we become better together um we deliver a really cost effective service and we all have a seat at the table so rooftops sit on our board and they have a say in exactly what we do across our our, our from platform property care because platform property care is the cost sharing vehicle 
within that. So we are the contracting arm that delivers it. But there's lots of things that we also look at with Rooftop about how else can we produce it. So we obviously do responsive repairs, gas and things like that. But um, it's what else can we provide at cost that we've got the skills and working in partnership with. Um, so things like um, contact center uh, work, asset management and things like that, that we can talk to Rooftop about. But the main key thing, part of it is is working at cost, working in partnership, and, and it really makes us a really gelled team and brings two organizations together to make the best and deliver the best for our customers. So it's delivering the best for platform customers and delivering the best for Rooftop, whilst at the same time, allowing Rooftop and platform to have to, to enjoy those economies of scale to have that bigger um, that bigger team behind them which uh, you know is, is, is a little bit cheaper per engagement but not cheap service uh, still a, a cost effective high quality service yeah and and obviously the one thing that is the massive benefit for rooftop is they don't pay via any VAT on it. <laughs> Well, that is a big benefit. Yeah, so that so that is a huge benefit from a rooftop perspective, but obviously from an from a platform perspective and platform property cares, we can share that our overhead and our costs across a wider footprint. Well, great. That's um, that's been a fantastic insight, Mark, into into the world of asset management and maintenance, um, and, and it's it's really great to see the work that you're doing. You know, both you know, de- dealing with the the fallout from the pandemic, gearing your team up maximizing your resources and giving great service to your customers so thanks for joining on to the social hazard podcast uh, and sharing that with us brilliant thanks for your time lewis thanks very much